to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart. I am so happy to be joined by your 2019 Tim Selinski, U.S. Masters, FA40 champion, Elizabeth Borg-Bowman. Liz, how you doing? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm laughing now, but I think I got you. the words in the right order. <laughs> yes, really I'm very... Hard. I was like, oh no. There's I'm some, very impressed. You I could do I think I missed some sponsors in there, but that's okay. Because I don't think I need to say sponsors when I'm just referring to your title. But That's absolutely thank you, fine. sponsors for being thank sponsors. You. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got some good stuff to talk about today. Some quick housekeeping things I wanted to say. A thank you to all of our listeners and fans and friends. We made it over the thousand mark on our Facebook likes. So that's fun. So now we are over thousand rated, I'm saying. (laughs) And I have a fun idea for a giveaway um, that I'll be announcing soon, a couple things. Uh, But we did do a giveaway this last week. Um, If you haven't checked it out yet, head to our YouTube channel to check out the Nova Challenge which is probably my favorite episode ever of Lupe and Becca Throw Discs. (laughs) Um, We challenged Nova just using Novas and hilarity and much fun ensued. And it was a windy day and throwing Novas in the wind when you don't throw Novas is an interesting experience. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'll I'll bring it back around to the Nova in my What You Been Discing, actually, because I have a fun story about that. Anyway, uh, so our giveaway winners are... On Facebook, Sarah Brown, you were our randomly chosen winner. And on Instagram, as told by Rachel M., our friend Rachel uh, from around the Kansas City area here, you are our winner on Instagram. So I'll send you all messages and uh, get the throw pink thing sent out to you. Thanks again to Sarah Nicholson for donating some sweet throw pink stuff for us to throw and give away because those are both wonderful things. So we will start with our first segment, like we always do, What You've Been Disking, where we each share one-ish thing about disc golf that we are excited (laughs) about. So uh, Liz, what you got? Today, Julianne Courtney and I played Carly Shintaku and Denise Cameron in the finals of the Emporia bracket of the Women's Amateur Match Play. And that we did that down at Peter Pan Park in nice. Emporia, and it was quite adventurous. My car started to break down on the way there. I had to stop. I was late. I didn't get to warm up, and I kind of played like poop. But my partner, my partner is awesome. So big shout out to Julian mm-hmm. Courtney. I think uh, Lupe Esquivel had originally reached out to her to ask if she would be interested in a women's bracket and did she think that we could get 16 women to fill an Emporia bracket and she reached out to me to ask if I wanted to partner up and try to recruit some women and we did end up getting full eight teams in that bracket and we won our first two matches which was very exciting and I really had a good time playing with her and playing the teams that we played we played um Jackie Morris and Shay McCall, uh, who is married to a fellow named Robert that some people know. So having him there on her bag wasn't nerve-wracking at all. And and then we played uh, Melissa Potts and Kendra Deal yeah. from Wichita yeah. for our semifinal match, which was also very exciting. Yeah. Both of them came down to the last hole, and our match today against two basically professional women. They they play pro, yeah. so they're good. 
um, it came down to the last hole yep. as well. So at least we made them work for it. Yeah, and I love that Doug Birkus was doing like a live comment on the Emporia Club, <laughs> right? Because I was like, oh, I wonder how Liz and, and Julianne are doing, and I was like, oh, this is like having you disc, but just straight from Doug Birkus's play by play, right? <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. But, yeah, and it was the the whole thing was a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, in a couple weeks. Um, Molly Bryan and I will be playing in the championship in Emporia because we won the Kansas City bracket yeah. like back in early July. Yeah. So it's we kind of lost some momentum there. Yeah. And so I feel I really feel bad. Yeah. Like, I feel like I let my partner down. Aww. So Julianne, I'm so sorry. Thank you for picking me and being awesome. I really liked the match play. I would love to do it again. Um, I would love for it to be a little cheaper. It was a little expensive um, for what we did, but the just the match play itself is a blast. It's so fun to have a partner and to like actually be competing for something and um, playing in these brackets. That part was just fantastic. So, yeah, um, I'm curious to know. Uh, Doug said he thought that next year they may try doing women's singles match play mm. instead and was curious if that would get more response yeah. and participation and so maybe we could get um our listeners to yeah. chime in and say would you do that because some of our difficulty i mm. think was coordinating schedules sure. of no, four really different women right. who've got different yep. family responsibilities yep. job schedules and so on um and that seemed to be kind of challenging for some of the teams yeah. so m he's thinking maybe it'll be easier to do it that way but i agree that mm -hmm. the partnership yeah. and having having teams was a, a really big morale boost yeah it might be fun to even go kind of in the two opposite directions and have like a singles match play and then you know maybe dd or maybe somewhere else we could organize uh like a scheduled team event that might be fun to Ooh, like a ladies both. team event yeah like um those have been popping up more and more um around the country and i'd love for us to have a team event um in this area that would that, be really fun that's so a good idea kind of get to do the camaraderie thing and then still do the match play thing with singles gosh i love match play i love when who cares i don't even get a chance to take an eight on this hole it's great anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm beat time to move on <laughs> so for my what you've been discane i am so excited because i have a couple of friends from work that have recently gotten super duper into disc golf and on friday uh we went and played shoddy mission and this was hilarious like just for whatever reason i realized i haven't been back to shoddy mission since frostbreaker <laughs> Like, I don't know how I just ended up not playing there like at all the rest of the season because it's super close to my house and I just have been playing other places. Um, but anyway, so it was nice to have it be less snowing and hailing on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my two new friends uh, from work that are playing, um, Allison, I gave her my Nova because I just gave them both some discs because they're new and stuff. And man, she was like putting like a beast with it so i think she found her new putter so my sarah nicholson donated smiley face throw pink stamped putter has now found a new home and i'm really excited but 
the the other thing I was super excited about yesterday, uh, I got Shawnee Mission 8, which I've never gotten before. It's in the short position, which is 308 feet. Um, but like my max drive is like 270, 280, and I hit like a perfect drive, but I still had like that 35-ish foot putt, and then I hit the putt. And that's like what's so addicting about disc golf, right? Because it's like, I did it once! That means I could theoretically do it all the time, but it was really cool to to get that hole that I haven't gotten before, and uh, it was just a really, really beautiful day and fun day of throwing, so... Yeah, that's good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, our Women's Disc Golf Trivia USWDGC edition. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. And we're back with our women's disc golf trivia. This upcoming weekend is the United States Women's Disc Golf Championship in Spotsylvania, Virginia. Very exciting stuff. And Liz, I'm going to ask you some questions about this. And the good news is you're only competing against yourself, so it's impossible for you to lose. (laughs) I can make a joke about uh, women playing disc golf and being in your only one in your division and things like that. But anyway... (laughs) Not that we've Unless it's a major. Ever been there. Yeah, right. Exactly. I've actually never played by myself in a division now that I think about that. I've somehow managed to avoid it. Anyway. All right. So question number one, Liz. How many women are currently registered for USWDGC? Ooh. Um, over 200? Not quite, but close. 171, which is pretty good. That's still a new record. Of those 171, how many are signed up in the professional divisions? Mm, 60? 86, awesome. which is just over 50%. And I just find that super interesting. I went back and looked, and in 2018, it was only 39% that were signed up for the professional divisions. And in 2017, it was 41%. Um, and I think part of that probably maybe speaks to the area a little bit. There might be you know some more regional pros out there on the East Coast that are able to make it to this one. But I also feel like we're just continually adding women to the professional divisions, and maybe we should give them their own major event. But anyway, (laughs) we've got a lot of them. Let's make it happen. That's a full field right there. All right. Last question. You totally got this. Who is our reigning USWDGC champion? I believe that would be Paige Pierce. You would be right, Liz. You did it. (laughs) And she also won in uh, 2017. So she'll be going for the three-peat, which is pretty impressive, seeing as this is held in a different place every year. So That's true. Go, Paige. Yeah. Super cool. Really, really excited uh, to watch that 
coverage this year. Um, I should mention we're going to have UDISC out there, which is really exciting. Um, I think that's the first year that UDISC is going to be at USWDGC. I believe Joe Mez is doing um, the post-produced coverage. So Excellent. I'll provide more details via Facebook and things as we uh, get closer this week. All right. So now we come to our topic of the week. And being that Liz was just out at Tim Selinski, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about uh, age protected divisions in general, and how that relates to both women's disc golf and just disc golf in general. But before we get there, Liz, can you tell uh, everybody about this beer? Because I am not an IPA drinker. And I just want to drink this beer forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. What is this? Um, So you are currently drinking Hetty Topper or Hetty Tapa from the alchemist Mm. brewing which is in stowe vermont can you tell me what uh what disc golf pro tour event is held in stowe vermont in stowe vermont well at least half of it disc golf pro tour Mm -hmm. is it well is there anything other than the, the green mountain championship I mean, last year it was the World Championships, oh, okay, but okay, that wasn't okay, Disco okay. Pro Tour. Oh, so is this to... is this the brewery that's like near Smugs? Yes. Okay, because there was some chatter in the YouTube chat on Friday about a brewery near Smugs. I got it now. Ta-da! Yes, it's a big deal. Um, we've had a friend who's made multiple trips out to um, like actually follow the distribution truck to all kinds of service stations and convenience stores to buy as much of the heady topper as possible. <laughs> Their big thing is that it gets canned and distributed and it's super, super fresh. Yeah. And it is quite delicious. Oh gosh, and they so did have three disc golf baskets outside. Nice. <laughs> so we, uh, after we got some beer, we, we went outside and putted. That was the only putting practice that we had, really. Because, um, well, I had hurt my back. So right. rather than spend a day practicing, we drove up to Vermont <laughs> to, yeah. to, we went to Hill Farmstead and we went to The Alchemist. We were a little disappointed in that they didn't have the traditional tap rooms where you mm. can sit down and try all the beers that they have available. Oh, wow. Okay. Instead, you got um, two free tasters of the Alchemist beer. Mm-hmm. And they they had like three available, maybe. And so you got just like a little free taster, but you didn't. E- they didn't even have tasters available of all the beer they had available to buy in cans to go. Yeah. So we just had to trust that it would be yeah. okay. But we knew all about Hetty Topper yeah. and um, also bought some at a store be- just because we could. Yeah. But that's one of the big prizes that people always bring back yeah. from the Northeast if they can. That's awesome. Is Hetty Topper. So very cool. It is one of the best IPAs or considered one of the best yeah. IPAs. So good. So let's kind of set the scene here a little bit. You can correct me if I get any of these facts wrong. So you and your husband, MK, uh, this year were planning on your honeymoon. You got married last year and you had uh, considered the toonie, but life things made it that you weren't going to be able to get out there. So you decided for your your honeymoon trip to make the trip out to Tim Slinsky, correct? Correct. Because you get to go play Maple Hill, get to experience Northeastern disc golf and all of these things. Um, so it was And beer. And beer, right? So big, big trip, big plans uh, went into this. So yeah, let's talk about your experience. Go ahead and kind of give us the, the play-by-play of your experience there, and we'll kind of get into everything that happened. Okay. Um, so we arrived on Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we traveled in an RV belonging to MK's boss, Amanda. She's wonderful and just let us take the RV. That was sort of an adventure in and of itself. Um, there are lots of narrow roads, especially in Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. lots of bumpy oh, roads wrong. in Ohio. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. That could be one reason my back was all jacked right. up. Um, but we arrive, get a rental car, find the campground and go to Maple Hill. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking up, who do I see? But Steve Dodge. Yep. So I introduce myself to him. He's very pleasant. Um, he says he listens to the Ladies of the Chains podcast, and um, but he was still quite personable. Mm-hmm. Meantime, MK has gone down to the pro shop where to find out. Okay, where do we get cards and play our free practice rounds? And he was told that hey, we're it's Tuesday night. We have random draw doubles league. And he convinced me that that would be a good way to practice the course. And I was like, I don't want to do that to some poor guy. Um, But um, it ended up being a lot of fun. And I think while we were waiting to play who shows up, but Nico LaCastro Mm -hmm. and his buddy, um, and I think the buddy was playing, but Nico was not because like, well, that'd be fun. (laughs) I'm sure Nico wouldn't get mad if I missed a fight. <laughs> oh, wait, but he doesn't. I bet I bet he would probably just do all the things, and that yeah. could be fun. Um, so, But I had a, a relatively newish young player who could throw really far mm-hmm. and, and make decent putts, and he was not at all stressed out about whether or not we won or lost, which nice. is a good thing. But we did end up using a lot of my throws. Nice. Um, and with, because it was evening, we played... The front half on from the white tees, okay. which were the tees that yeah. I was going to be playing, right. and then half from the red tees, which were even shorter and not the tees that I was going to be playing. And it turns out, you can't really tell from watching MVP mm-hmm. open footage, it's not just like there are shorter tee pads for the same baskets. Mm-hmm. For a lot of the holes the the tee pads are in completely different places to completely different baskets mm. sometimes oh, like wow. like hole 10 the castle hole mm-hmm. completely different hole we didn't mm. even play actually we did play to that basket in the league we did not play it in the tournament okay. did you get to play hole one though it's like yes. the most one of the most iconic holes in disc golf we did yeah what was that like it's a little intimidating, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was absolutely beautiful, though. Yeah. And I just threw something overstable to dump out to the left um, in playing doubles. My partner parked it, um, but in actual competition, mm-hmm. just threw something safe yeah. and uh, went with that. Yeah. So I did not lose a disc on hole one. Nice. Hey. That's a small victory right there. <laughs> right. Um, and I think when I, I saw Lisa Fakus mm. um, the night, it was like Saturday night. Mm-hmm. She was there. And she said that when they play it from the blues, that she also just throws something really overstable to yeah. dump out to the side. Because for them, it's even longer. Yeah. But for us, um, the basket is like just on the other side of the pond. Right. Right. And if anybody's interested in seeing Maple Hill played from the whites, mm-hmm. you can watch round three 
of the MVP, or wait, of the Tim Selinski Masters. Yeah. Sorry, the Tim Selinski Masters, the guys are playing from the whites. And okay. so you, now that that's out there, yeah. like, I don't know that that was out anywhere except by this kind of random guy who sure. posts videos of yeah, playing yeah. disc golf courses. Right. Okay, so um, we did the doubles, and that was fun. And there are many good breweries around and about. So we availed ourselves of a really good one. Anybody who's ever out in Worcester, check out Greater Good Imperial Brewing Company. They have so many delicious beers. And one of them is named Helena, which was the name of one of our cats. Um, So I highly recommend that place. They were very nice and... um, I had a long sleeve shirt and I was wearing it at the course a few days later yeah. and a guy who works in the pro shop saw it and, and it turns out he works there. Nice. <laughs> so fast forwarding later, he ended up coming out and giving me a four pack of that beer oh, as a congratulation. Oh, cool. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So, so, but first playing was Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, and then... And then when, oh, halfway through the round is when my back started to hurt. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a lower back sciatica thing that had been bothering me back in February and took a long time to go away. Then I was a little freaked out. And so the next day we drove to Vermont to the Alchemist Brewing Brewery mm-hmm. and um, Hill Farmstead. So pretty much took all day to drive up there and it was kind of rainy some of the time so not good for playing disc golf so that's what we had to do and after all of that we were on our way out of Stowe and I saw a sign for the Von Trapp family beer hall (laughs) and I said what what is this and so I made MK follow the signs to go and see what this was because it's the Von Trapp family and growing up my good friend Laura Larson and I were just huge fans of the sound of music to the point that Laura said the man she married had to be able to sing like Christopher Plummer (laughs) So we go in and there's this whole lodge and it has a disc golf basket outside and we threw some discs at it and turns out they have an entire disc golf course at this big mountain resort. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff up there, but uh, they did have a restaurant and it had like of course, bratwurst and spätzle. (laughs) Seriously, the spätzle was so good. Like MK got his as a side and it was so good that I said, okay, I need a side of my own. (laughs) Um, So that was all good. The beer was eh. But I mean, it is still owned and run by Johannes von Trapp. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And so I text my friend Laura and say, (laughs) hey, guess where I am? Did you, I I never knew this place existed. And she messages back that her parents went there for their honeymoon <laughs> and that maria von trapp checked them in oh wow okay okay i was like okay i guess you know about it okay that's wow. cool so we got back very very late and then thursday we got up and went out to 501 which was mm-hmm. one of the courses yeah um in warren massachusetts so it was about an hour west of Maple Hill, and there are both blue and green baskets and some different teas, um, kind of a a good mix, but it's a really good course. Yeah, the chatter has been very, very positive about 501. It's it's a little bit more wooded, right? Yes. Um, But yeah, everybody 
pretty much said that they really loved it. Yeah. I mean, the guys were very excited. I'm one of those people, I need to play it a few times sure. before I can say I love or hate the course. Yeah. Sort of like Harmony Bends. Right. Because the first time I ever played it, right. it kicked my butt. <laughs> right. Right. And so I couldn't say, this is the greatest course ever. But it it really was a good course. Yeah. And about halfway through, we, we ran into Tavish Cardiff and Ooh. Fred Smith and Melinda Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavish and Mel are both um, female pros. Mm-hmm. And it was really good, I think, playing a lot of those holes with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of seeing the shots that they threw and how they did it. And I mean, with my back and all, I wasn't... I wasn't playing very well, but I did start to get better. And my my round at 501 during the competition ended up being the only round where I won my card. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. Like, how, like, would you think that it was possible to win a tournament <laughs> when you only win your card for one wow. round? Yeah. But that, yeah. but that happened to be the one. So huh. when I saw Tavish and Mel after everything was done, I I gave them props yeah. for yeah. like surely some of some of their amazing skill must have rubbed yeah. off on me for that one round. Yeah, that's cool. So very cool. And then we drove back. And Google's when you're in the Northeast apparently wants to try to kill you. <laughs> But it wants you to take the most back roads possible. So it takes us forever, but we end up going right by Maple Hill and player check-in was going on. And we really did want to try to get out to Newton Hill as well. But we thought, yeah, we might as well stop, get check-in done, get our player packs. So we stop, we do that. We run into a bunch of the Kansas City guys. Um, and they, some of them were going out to play Newton Hill. So then we went out and played Newton Hill which is very hilly. It's sort of like the, I don't know, it's sort of Cliff Drive-esque when you think about the hilly parts of Mm. Cliff Drive, but there were so many blind shots. Mm. So, so many blind shots. So much steepness. (laughs) Um, But I did, I was at least putting well there. Like I kept throwing in putts from everywhere, which was great. So I had all the confidence Mm. in the world that my tournament round would be okay there. We were supposed to play both our third and fourth rounds there. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere like Friday night. Okay, so Friday. Friday is our first round at Maple Hill. Because, yeah, Thursday night, actually, after we played Newton Hill, we ended up having to go back to the house across the road or around the corner from Maple Hill where mm-hmm. all the Kansas City guys were staying mm-hmm. because they had Wi-Fi and MK needed to get logged in and do some work. Sure. And it took a really, really long time. <laughs> and we were probably there till 1 in the morning. Mm. And I teed off at 8 a.m. Mm. So, um, so I MK dropped me off bright and early and... Or actually, he showed up. He was playing. um, We were all on tea times that Mm -hmm. day. So he was going to be playing the blues later that morning. So show up, see my friend Renee Burton that I met at Am Worlds two years ago. Um, She's an awesome woman. And then um, here's the thing about majors. You must have at least three people to have a complete division so it is not possible to play in a major division by yourself Mm. 
So there were two women, um, Marcia and Sherry, who were signed up in FA-55. Oh, okay. And they were collapsed down to FA-40. Oh, wow. Because there were only two of us in FA-40. And um, if you look at the results for, I think, mp70 yes yeah so now i know why (laughs) i talked so and i talked with sylvia vokes after she finished playing in that division with her husband rick and another gentleman Uh, if uh rick and the other gentleman had been the only two they would have been collapsed down to the next younger division but sylvia signed up for mixed professional 70 yeah and it became a complete division. Right. And that okay. way, Rick gets to win. Yeah. Rick gets to be a Selinsky okay. champion again. Yeah. And I know he's been a world champion yeah. and all that, but that's one reason that she does it. Also, the fact that they've been married for yeah. I don't know how long. And sort of like me and my husband, yeah. we're very comfortable playing together. Right. Yeah. So I, I hope maybe we'll get that old someday yeah. that we can do right. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, suddenly I'm not just competing with Renee for a title. Mm -hmm. I'm also competing with Marcia and Sherry. And Sherry plays a fair number of open events Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I I knew she was going to be stiff competition. And um, also that Marcia plays in that area. They were both from New York, or they are both from New York. So they have played that course a a good amount. Hmm. Certainly way more than I have. Sure. And then Renee is from Michigan, so she plays in some woods a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, like, who knew what was going to happen? Yeah. But I, all I knew is I'm guaranteed top four at a major. <laughs> guaranteed top four at a major. That's better than I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. So we played that round, and I think Renee was ahead yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. And then me, and then Marcia, and then Sherry. And I think Sherry's Sherry has a torn Achilles, turns out. Oh, gosh. She's a softball badass. And huh. so, it, um, but I know what it's like to yeah. be playing. And, like, I think before our third round, she said something. She was telling somebody, I forgot how to play disc golf. <laughs> and then yeah. she pro- she proceeded to, at Newton Hill, remember how to play disc golf nice. and smoke all of us. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, anywho, we yeah. played. Yeah, the, the Saturday round was or the Saturday rounds uh, were very challenging because we had to drive like an hour west to go out to 501 at 8 o'clock. And then we get done, and it's not quite noon. We go have a leisurely lunch. I have a beer. And we get to Newton Hill, and it's still only 2 o'clock. And also, Newton Hill did not have any bathrooms. Yeah. um, Which, since it's next to a high school... If you think about it, that's kind of a problem. Like yeah. there are certain things that we're not supposed to do according to the PDGA, like yeah. drinking during rounds, doing drugs. Those are illegal. Trespassing yeah. also illegal. Right. Public urination will get you on a sexual predator list. Yeah. yeah, I mean public and public urination near a school. Yeah, that's like double that. Right, right. So, um, but. I know lots of people have commented about that. I yeah. think everyone agrees that's really non-negotiable. Um, but 
it's two o'clock, like we warm up, I practice putting, realize, okay, it's gotten windy, I should switch to this putter. Okay, here's what I'm going to throw to try to get a birdie on 18, because we're starting on 18. Mm -hmm. And it's still only 2.30. And I went down and I asked Mm -hmm. the course directors, are you sure we have to wait until three? Is there any chance we could start sooner? (laughs) And the guy just says, oh, go do some yoga. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. we have to wait until three. And go figure it, we ended up being the last ones done by about 20 25 mm-hmm. minutes cuz mm-hmm. there are so many places to get in trouble and mm-hmm. and we were just exhausted yeah. from getting up and then having the long break but meantime most of the pros i think had the early morning round mm-hmm. and then rushed straight to like an 11:30 tea time mm. so they didn't have time for lunch at all we yeah. had way too much time yeah. and so saturday night I don't even know if we ended up, oh, they had a buffet dinner, but right. by the time, so my husband and Renee's husband, like we did a kind of a swap carpool thing. Mm-hmm. So they rode together out to 501 for their afternoon round. By the time they got back, the dinner buffet was being cleaned up. Right. So my poor husband went to bed without supper mm. and was a little cranky about it. Yeah. And, you know, it just kind of sucks when, all right, this is supposed to be our honeymoon. And right. when he's and when he's saying, I feel like an afterthought. Yeah. And just, it, it makes you feel bad because yeah. I wanted him to be having a good time, too. Right. Totally. Yeah. So... Bright and early's, and then Renee was not having a gr- an awesome time. She just wasn't happy with how she played. Mm. I mean, she still beat me at Newton Hill, but yeah. was more unhappy about it. Um, we talked with Lisa Fakus some. I thought I felt like Lisa gave us some some good tips about playing the course and just yeah. get getting into the mental game. Uh, Sunday morning. Um, our fourth round had been switched to Maple Hill so Mm. that we were finishing at Maple Hill instead of at Newton. Mm. And And did you not find that out until like Sunday? Um, I found out, I want to say Saturday afternoon. Um, but but somebody, somebody else like from our division told me, or maybe some of the guys told me in the middle of the tournament. Yeah. And I guess there was an email, but Mm -hmm. I didn't see it because we also had like out at our campground had no cell reception. So I wouldn't necessarily have known, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, um, but given how I played Newton Hill, it's probably for the best that it switched. (laughs) Yeah. But we, so we did, they did at least learn their lessons and let the older guide divisions play before us. Sure. And then we teed off at maybe 9, 10, something yeah. like that on the whites again. Yeah. And um, it was, it was all going okay. I think I was only six over after the front nine. Um, like Sherry had gained seven on me wow. after, um, newton at newton hill yeah but you know i still had like i don't know like a third after nine holes i was 13 ahead mm. and then like on 10 was kind of eh, 10 was okay and then on 11 that's the second time that you throw over the christmas trees yes right that is a doozy of a hole and it really would have been nice for them to have spotters for us mm. they had spotters for the, pro, the for the pro guys because mm. the pro right. guys throw farther but sometimes yeah. 
Sometimes you need spotters for the people who don't throw right. as far. Right. Because those, oh, the Christmas trees. Yeah. Um, Marcia's daughter was caddying for her and she spotted. Mm. And thank goodness for that because she helped find most of our discs. Yeah. Um, but one of Renee's discs um, could not be found. Mm. I mean, they thought they knew where it was going to be. Yeah. Like they weren't even that concerned about it. And then looked and looked and looked, mm. couldn't find it, couldn't find it. So she ends up having to go back to her previous leg because that was her second throw. Mm-hmm. And um, finish. we all finish out. And then on the, off, the next tee, I think R- Renee threw, she throws all MVP, by the way. Mm. And they're all blue. So <laughs> usually can just like, just throw the blue one. Right. <laughs> um, and her drive went up into the tip top of a mm. Christmas tree. Yeah. And that was when she's like, okay, that's it. I'm out. Yep. Like she, she had almost not wanted to show up to play sure. for the final round, even though she was in second. And that yeah. was how her husband's like, come on, you're three strokes out of, out of first right. place. You got to play. And she just like was, it was stressing her out too much. Yeah. She had enough stress going on in her life sure. that this was supposed to be a vacation and it wasn't. Right. And, and we had talked about that, yeah. that sometimes like if I start feeling stressed out, I stop and ask myself, well, is there anything else I would rather be doing mm, right now? Sure. And for me, the answer is, pretty much always no right but if it's not yeah if if the answer is you would rather be doing something else then you you got to take care of yourself so all of a sudden renee is is no longer playing with us and like marcia and i are both very emotional marcia is very empathetic so we're getting a little weepy and stuff um but so that was hole 12 and then somewhere around hole 14 i think i look at the scores and i think oh my gosh, if I can just keep it together, I might pull this off. And that's when I start shanking. (laughs) Like I just start throwing my discs into the trees, grip locking up shots, spinning my putter around the basket (laughs) because that demonstrates way more skill than just throwing it directly into the basket in front of you. And so hole 14, I get a six, Sherry gets three. Um, hole 15, I get a five, Sherry gets a three. And it it doesn't take a math major to see where this is going. This is not a good pattern. And I'm like, come on, Liz, get it together. But I was starting to write a little article called How to Lose a Major in Five Holes by Liz Borg Bowman. Like, are you kidding me? But I think on hole 16, I goofed up my drive, but made a good enough upshot that then I got a three with a good putt and I think sure got a four so like okay maybe I can breathe and then I did hold on for those last two holes and hole 18 at Maple Hill yeah like you can watch it on on video and I've always been very confused about that hill Mm -hmm. and like that hole and what's honestly going on and it's confusing even like while you're playing to figure out Mm. where you need to land before you try to get it onto the island and also knowing that if you cross over the island at any point then you go to the drop zone but if you never cross over the island you play from where you went out Mm -hmm. so as you watch coverage 
consider that because I've often been confused about why people were throwing from where and what they were right. trying to accomplish. Yeah. And um, so I think um, I was just trying to play it safe. Yeah. And my like, my drive was good and my second shot, I completely weenied so much <laughs> that I just laid up my third shot with a butter Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I think Marcia had gone for it, um, and it looked like she made it. Yeah. But turns out she hadn't. Cher mm-hmm. didn't know that, so she went for it for mm-hmm. her second shot. And, I mean, there was still a chance that something huge and sure. disastrous could happen. Right. Like, she could get a three, and yeah. I could take a six or something dreadful. Right. Um, so she went for it with a forehand mm-hmm. and just, like, hit a bunch of trees and stuff straight ahead Mm -hmm. not good and then marcia hadn't made it over either so like they ended up taking a six and a seven Mm -hmm. um i get up there and all the people are sitting on the bleachers watching (laughs) and i see marty gregoire is sort of over back behind the basket with the camera and i have to throw my shot up into this island area yeah. and get it close enough to be able to make a putt and it was not a great shot it was but it sort of was over by the wall and mm-hmm. everyone else goes up and then i have to make up my putt and it was just long enough that i was like oh not i could miss it so <laughs> so i take a minute and I do it, I make my putt, nice. and I kind of put my hands up in the air and did a little curtsy to pick up <laughs> to pick up my mini, to de- which is how early on we decided to demonstrate balance yes, when right. putting. So th- there's, there's a series of three pictures that Marty Gregoire yeah. posted from the PDGA, and you see the one with, like, I have my arms in the air and I'm looking down because I'm so relieved. Yeah. I'm just yeah. so relieved that I made the putt in front of all those people right. and that it was done and I actually did win. Yeah. So, and at that point, the gentleman, I was kind of coming away, letting the others finish their, finish out the hole. And the PDGA guy kind of like takes me by the arms, like, Hey, I'm just going to swing you back around by the basket for a minute. And I'm like, and so Steve Dodge came up to do the whole congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, which I think was really cool. And it makes me glad that they switched it to Maple Hill so that we could be there and have that. And it was a very big, exciting moment. And um, and Marty's because he's so dialed in. It, the pictures went right to his phone and he posted yep. that right away so I didn't even ever have to post anything right. because there it was <laughs> and so yeah. and that was the most official um, acknowledgement of the yeah. fact that that I won it because yeah, yeah the, the the medal the medal and the the end of a mini basket did not say anything about having won anything right so yeah so let's talk a little bit about some of the the kind of bummers and and just uh what maybe hopefully can be learned from this and taken into the future (laughs) right so you got uh in of a basket trophy that has nothing about being a u.s masters champion on it right so that's interesting and yeah that's rough but I mean, 
I was at least glad that I got something because right. the only only the first place winners in every division got the basket and um, participation medal. Yeah, which is just so bananas caught. to me because MK, shout out, took second in his division, which is fantastic. It is. And got nothing. And got nothing. Yeah. And that that feels like okay we're just being whiny complainers except that they posted like on the event website it says in the spirit of true amateur events Mm. with a link to the definition of true amateur Mm. uh, amateur divisions will be trophy only and your payout will be your player pack and trophies. Okay. And then if you link to what what does true amateur mean? It means that and it actually lists out if like if the number of players in a mm. division is between this right. many and this many, then you right. should have trophies for this number mm. of places. Yeah. And um and I mean it makes it pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, how many there how many places should get trophies? And then sort of down at the bottom, when it they don't say, like, what the value of the trophies should be, like, what right. co- the cost. But it does say that there may be higher standards for majors and mm. for events such right. as majors and something else, which was sort of... I think an implication that if it's a major, it should be a nicer trophy. For real. And, yeah. and I've got the picture of... Uh, Kim Janola yeah. from when she won the Tim Selinski U.S. Yeah. Masters in 2017. Yeah. And there's like this big, thick glass trophy right. that has uh, the Tim Selinski and right. the date and the division. And I mean, it's like a big, thick porterhouse yeah. steak, <laughs> at least. It's at least an inch and a half thick. And it comes yeah. in a fancy box. And, well, and um, how much did you pay to play this tournament? It was at least, I want to say it was $125, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And almost everything that was in the player packs was donated by Innova. Yeah. I mean, we got um, an adventurer backpack, which is sort of like their their right. sort of sm- smaller one. But yeah. I mean, but it's still, it's a decent functional backpack. Yeah. And we got some Innova socks, and we got a couple of pretty discs. You've never gotten Innova socks before at a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but these were right. like fancy colored ones, okay. and there okay. were some. There was a cool full color towel, and yeah. we got a nice kind of performance long sleeve baseball shirt and an Innova hat. Yeah, um, I think that's about it. So it was a decent player pack. Sure. Um, but it didn't really. I think other than other than the shirts, mm-hmm. I don't know that um, the tournament director um, with his fundraising had to really pay for much. Right. And then other than the medals, which the yeah. the medals themselves are nice, okay. but there's actually a spot on the back where you could put. I mean, there's like sort of an indentation where huh. you could put what division it yeah. was. But as it was when he, bef- before he started the awards, he said, all right, so we have uh, 
baskets that are several different colors. So the early divisions will get the first choice of which one to pick out. And I was like, well, I want a white one. And it's and sure enough, there was still a silvery yeah. white one when I got up there. Yeah. So they were all absolutely identical and none of them. Right. Like, Dee Dee no. always has wraps and stuff right. on them that at least say right. the event. Right. And if like I've, I've been at one where they didn't have a wrap specific for, I think it was a junior girl and she yeah. had, was sort of a late sign up, so they didn't have it, but they gave her the basket and said they would mail it to her yeah. to make sure. And I've had other stuff where, Hey, we didn't have a trophy that was specific for your division, but here I'm going to give you like the base part and I'm going to mail you. We're going to get a plate made and yeah. we'll send it to you. Like they care. Yeah. yeah. And all of this, like all of us got right. the exact same basket and yeah, yeah I, I really don't feel like I have anything that says I won the right. Tim Selinski yeah. 2019 U.S. Masters. Yeah. So. so there was a lot of talk about this kind of online um, from some pros, too. So it certainly mm-hmm. wasn't like even just the a- the AMs got kind of shafted. It sounds like for the pros, things were a little rough, too, like the lack of bathrooms, lack of water on the courses, just the, the way it was organized. And... Uh, Joe Shargaloff did issue, who's the executive director of the PDGA, did issue an apology and sent out emails and offered everyone who participated this year 20% off uh, next year. Um, But I think it's worth also talking about just age-protected divisions, because I think it's a really special and wonderful thing, and it's a huge missed opportunity if we don't seize upon it. And obviously, you know, with women's disc golf, with age-protected disc golf, we're fighting a little bit against societal norms that have existed in our culture for a very long time, right? Where we champion uh, youth and we champion male sports. It's just been that way a long time. So there's, there's things at play that are bigger than disc golf. But I know when I came back to disc golf, I was so excited to find out about age-protected divisions because there's this whole other world that's going to get opened up to me when I turn 40 and like I'm much closer to 40 than I am 30 now and like it's like hey this is something to get excited about turning 44 that I get to play in these new divisions and have these new opportunities these new tournaments I can play and like when we talk about growing the sport and even marketing and advertising I mean gosh guys like there's this whole world of of people that we have something to offer you know disc golf's a sport that can be played at any age that can be played incredibly well at any age so it's a shame just to miss those opportunities um i i think you know not every like to your point right like not every tim slinsky u.s masters has been like this this was just kind of not the greatest one um i don't know if part of the issue was having a major the week after a disc golf pro tour event Mm -hmm. in the same same area that's depleting certainly a lot of resources Mm -hmm. um so i think there's things to think about when scheduling so i'm pretty new relatively to disc golf i've only been around for three years and with the uh you know, the pro tour turnover and everything. There's been a lot of talk about what scheduling used to be like. And it sounds like it was like super chaotic for the pros where like the tour would just like go all over. And and it's cool that things have like gotten more streamlined. Um, But it would appear now that we need to start having the conversation about what is important and how scheduling works. But there is this reality that we just have... 
a lot of tournaments, which is really cool. But at some point, just from a business perspective and just from a logical perspective, it seems like scaling back and focusing might not be a bad plan, right? Right. Like, I would imagine for the touring pros that, you know, I start to feel pretty burnt out around this time each season, right? And I can't imagine for the touring pros, as much as they love disc golf and everything else, that, you know, you see Eagle went out to Norway this weekend, right? Instead of playing um, at the GMC, which which is awesome. And, uh, you know, other uh, touring professionals will take time off here and there just to like preserve their sanity but i do wonder like some of these bigger events and i'm not knocking the ma- like the majors i think majors are good and they should all remain and i'm 100% on board with those but like maybe some of the nt's and the disc golf pro tour events like if we can focus our energies and resources into just i'm throwing out a totally random number but like six events instead of eight events and then the sponsors aren't all spread out quite as much and the pros can still make as much in those six events as they would make in the eight events that makes a lot more sense and then also the pdga resources if maybe those could be more focused on certain things that we can have standards we can have expectations for all of these events but then we're also not depleting our people resources and our monetary resources as well um and i think again continuing to especially invest in these age-protected divisions even though it's hard it's just it's just like women's disc golf like you know you didn't see Jomez and CCDG and live coverage and everyone, you know, out at Tim Selinski, right? Right. But um, that doesn't mean there's not a huge opportunity there. Um, and we just, you know, it'd be cool to, like, seize upon that. I mean, I will say following the lead card at Tim Selinski, um, yeah. my, my husband was carrying the leaderboard, <laughs> yes, awesome. and I don't even know how many times I got to watch Barry Schultz do patent pending. For real? <laughs> and I, um, I asked Marty, I asked Marty, like, what do you give me to, like, the next time we're, like, down? What do you give me to go tell Barry that... Um, I know the guy who invented that stance <laughs> and he just shook his head. It's like, there's not enough money in the world. I'm like, come on. I thought it was funny, but I still, it's like every time it was like, that's so cool. Yeah, and yeah. for people who don't know, Barry Schultz was the guy, right? That Well, Barry Schultz, the reason that's called patent pending is because right. he and, and Ken Climo right, right. both say that they invented it. Right. So <laughs> instead of saying it's the Climo or the Schultz, it's patent pending. That's right. Exactly. And it's like honoring the history of it, but also, you know, these people are really good. They are really good. And you know why he's like, why that thing works for him he's got super long legs so much (laughs) and also when he accepted his award he was the last one and he was the one who said the most about tim selinski because Mm, we we didn't have we didn't have a players meeting before the event started Mm. there was like at one point there was a moment of silence after everybody had their trophies Mm. about tim selinski but i mean there wasn't a presentation about who he was and everything he did right And I really do think that, um, yeah, we miss that a yeah. lot. Just missed opportunities. Like, you know, that's really what it is. So, 
Good. Well, anything else you'd like to say about age-protected divisions or otherwise? Um, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it definitely feels different now that I've been playing a while. Mm. Um, there, I know there are... Like, my, my first year, when I was basically still a rec player, yeah. I thought, well, because I was 40, that, oh, hey, I have an opportunity to play in an advanced master's mm-hmm. women's division. And I was not ready for that because I still didn't know all the things about playing in tournaments that can make you really annoying. (laughs) And so I tell anytime there are like kind of newer guy players that Mm -hmm. are um, thinking, oh, well, I'm old enough, so I should be doing this. Like, well, you don't have to, Mm -hmm. but um, because, but there is so much experience and knowledge. Yeah. Sherry Herzog, who mm-hmm. like, was making this amazing charge um, in the last couple of rounds of Selinsky, she has this, what I call the money shot. Mm-hmm. And it was like a yellow leopard, maybe something mm-hmm. like that, like a champ leopard. It was a clear yellow disc. And she would keep getting herself pinched off to the left because she would throw a blizzard destroyer off the tee on a really steep hill and then get all pinched off to the left. And then she would throw this flex forehand way up and it would come down (laughs) near the basket. Mm -hmm. It was just so money. Yeah. And to, and the experience I described of playing 501 with Mel and Tavish and just seeing the wisdom. Yeah. Um, when we did East versus West, I was partnered with Tavish right. and she like, she gave me good advice yeah. Yeah. and there's just so much experience out there. And um, I mean, you have players who are parents yeah. and their kids can play. Right. Um, Marcia's daughter, I think is 29 mm. and she is a very active player and mm. it was really cool to see them interacting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There, there really is a lot to say, but I think you uh, made some very excellent points, so yeah. you can stick with that. <laughs> well, good talk. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So I wanted to highlight a couple of our local events that are coming up by beloved members of our female disc golf community here in Kansas City. Uh, The first is the Flight of the Purple Tiger, and that is an event happening Saturday. And random story, side note, every time I see the title of this, I taught a summer camp at my work a few years ago, and the the group of kiddos wrote a song called Ride of the Purple Tiger. (laughs) And I just, every time I see it, it just, it, that's all I can think about. Anyway, <laughs> I should play that for Ann Quaid sometime. So Ann Quaid is running this. Uh, wonderful Ann Quaid, mother of Maddie. That was uh, one of our juniors takeover earlier in the uh, season. And um, it, this is a benefit for the Diva Spring Fever. It's this Saturday, September 21st, out at P-Hill, which is one of my favorite places ever. I don't get out there enough. I just love P-Hill. But anyway, uh, and there's going to be doubles, and there's going to be a glow round, and camping, and much fun and fundraising for our uh, all-women's tournament happening next year. 
And then I also want to give a shout out to the Throw Pink KC event that is happening on October 6th. And that's going to be at Bad Rock Creek, uh, run by the wonderful Tina Patterson. Tina and Jerry are Launchpad Disc Golf. And Liz, you are a Launchpad Disc Golf person. Tell us a little bit more about Launchpad. So... Uh, Launchpad's primary objective is getting more people playing disc golf who aren't already PDGA members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they run unsanctioned yep. events and those are they're a bit more casual and they probably get more women and junior players yeah. than all of our other yeah. events that yeah, we have. Sure. Um, their numbers are pretty impressive. Yeah. And they are a lot of fun. And most of, let's see, all of the battle series, the Battle of the Eastern Front is a series of events that they ran this year and last year that were all on marksman baskets. Yeah. <laughs> and I I believe that has gotten some notice from both Jeremy Rusco, the owner of Dynamic Discs, yeah. and also the PDGA because they have had numerous conversations about baskets right. and whether the bas- the current baskets are too easy. <laughs> and they want to get some statistics mm. on the performance performances on those baskets. Yeah. And so it's possible we might next year see some evolution. Interesting. In which maybe there would be um, an event where we play one round on regular baskets and one round on marksman baskets. And if you've got the exact same layout and the exact same field, that would be... Some interesting data research. Exactly. Um, And it's just really cool that that's one of the the niches that they have positioned themselves to fill. Yeah. And Jerry and Tina are just awesome people. They are. Um, They're TDing, volunteering at tons and tons and tons of Kansas City events. Um, And yeah, they're just really awesome. So yeah, Tina's running this... Uh, throw pink event it's a benefit for uh, gildas club here in kansas city and if you go to the event uh, facebook page you can donate directly to gildas um, and you can also come play this event there's 20 spots left registration online closes this saturday uh, it's going to be really cool it's a it's a flight event which i think is really fun so it's an open division for everybody and you play your first round and then the second round everybody gets divided into six flights and and then you just try to win your flight. Um, so kind of a unique format and just be a really good time out at Bad Rock Creek, one of my other favorite places to play disc golf. So yeah, get you signed up for that. And another upcoming event is that October 19th and 20th are the Kansas City Club Championships. Oh, yeah. I keep about that. <laughs> and um, Brent Seamers reached out to yeah. the small number of women who played last year to just ask ask us for some feedback and yeah. tell him tell us about some ideas that he was thinking about that could get more women out playing in the club championships cool. um such as not requiring us to play all four rounds yeah because it's in in order to be eligible for to be the club champion you must play all four right. rounds and he was thinking maybe there should be a separate women's club champion yeah. because I don't think any woman has ever won the Kansas City Club Championship. Right, right. And so maybe we would just have to play one round yeah. per day. 
And put those rounds in the afternoon. I'm I'm there. <laughs> just got to get there after or, work. And I'm good. Yeah, or just making it kind of flexible. You yeah. could play the morning round or the afternoon. Yeah, round. there you go. Because on on the nineteenth, uh, some good friends of ours are having their wedding celebration, oh, sure. and right. so we would like to be able to go and help yeah. her with that and yeah. be there for it. Yeah. So awesome. Um, so yeah, shout out to Brent Seamers, yeah. who is one of the good guys Absolutely. who is trying to make things better for women in disc golf in kansas city totally all right and all you ladies like plan on playing yeah so i like it (laughs) so now we'll talk about our fpo wrap-up of really the only big giant fpo tournament of note of the weekend and that was the green mountain championship out in Vermont, uh, like we were talking about, out at Smugs near this magical brewery <laughs> of beer and other things. And man, Sarah Hokum, whoo! Sarah Hokum just rocked this one. She, uh, four round tournament, which I didn't actually realize until uh, the beginning of this week, uh, but she had over 1,000 rated rounds the first two rounds, and she took the win by five strokes over Kristen Tatar. Uh, Rebecca Cox came in third place, which is awesome. She was on um, the live coverage lead card, uh, I think, second through fourth rounds. So you can check out that. Uh, the post produced will be from GK Pro, their YouTube channel. Is that Gatekeeper? No. So here's the thing, guys. <laughs> if anyone out in disc golf land is listening to me, I love you all. I love that we're all trying to do awesome. But GK Pro... I think, and Gatekeeper, somebody, we got to figure something out with the names because it's it's super confusing because I 100% thought they were the same entity until I realized they weren't. So they are not. Maybe that's the moral of the story is I should just tell you that Gatekeeper and GK Pro, two different um, videography companies, and GK Pro is the one that you want to look for the FPO coverage on their uh, YouTube. I think like next week is the plan. That is good to know. I don't know if I already said Paige Pierce came in fourth and then Haley King came in fifth. She was on coverage. Haley King is very awesome and very good at the disc golf and has been uh, making she's some like noise. This year. And she's 17. She's still in high school. I believe she's still finishing up high school stuff online. Um, but I'm so glad she's out there touring because, yeah, she's she's real good and she's been able to do some things. So I wanted to say a little bit more about Sarah Hokum. Um so unfortunately scary start to the tournament her caddy and partner robin had a medical event right before they teed off um which was super scary and had to like push stuff back i met robin at gbo and he's he was just so so kind um but by all reports i think he's gonna be okay but that so that that's the first thing you know she has to compartmentalize and then go out there and slay um and my gosh when these poor kids like when i met them at gbo well i had met sarah before but when i was talking to them at gbo i had no idea that their poor little dog ruby had just been attacked and they oh, were so God. nice and lovely to talk to and i had no idea that she just and gotten shredded ruby was okay my gosh tour life's hard y'all anyway um but yeah sarah just slayed and i may have listened to some other podcasts this season and i may have some chips on my shoulder as someone who throws mainly mvp myself that they were saying well it seems like sarah hokum's kind of struggling with the switch and isn't playing as well and stop it stop that narrative just stop it because it's not true uh sarah hokum is currently 964 rated which she was at this time last year as well uh she's 
played one pretty darn good. She's cashed at every event, and uh, I don't really know which, what, what much more people want. It's just the, the level of play kind of across the division has been really, really good this season. Obviously, Paige and Kat have have just destroyed it most events but here we are at the green mountain championship and yeah Paige and cat not in the top three so there you go there's some good women out there who are ready to seize the opportunity when it becomes available um and yeah shout out to sarah hookham that's awesome yep and also i did have some time to talk with elaine king yes. at um tim Selinsky. yes there's a picture of us with our also nearly identical with our <laughs> yes with our nearly identical Innova mini baskets, <laughs> right. hers is gold and mine is silver. Um, but um, we uh, did get to talk some about her discs because yeah. I remembered seeing her at GBO last year, mm. and she had some gyro discs right. in her bag. And this was before she had announced right. she was yep. leaving Discraft, but she right. had some gyro discs, so yeah. it wasn't a total surprise to me. But I. Um, asked her um just how she was liking it yeah. and so on and she's very happy with yeah. everything that like the company is doing and the value that they give her um just appreciating who she is and what she can do and she yeah. likes having discs that are lighter yes. that she can throw farther yes all right and that's our show <laughs> so liz <laughs> oh actually before we close out to your mention about MVP, I did really quickly want to mention and say, because I meant to before on Shawnee Mission 8, that was a 156 Fission Tesla <laughs> followed ah. by a proxy putt, and I love MVP. And anyway, all right, Liz, any shout outs? Um, all right. Um, shout out to my husband, because he drove us in an RV all the way yes. to and from the well new england yeah and so back far. so far so far <laughs> and he didn't even get a trophy for it yeah. <laughs> and and you know and there were a, a bunch of other guys there who were being very supportive of me and giving me like props all along the way and i appreciate them yeah. and steve timish last year got 10th place at lemon lake at tim Selinsky. he got a trophy this year, he moved all the way up to fifth. No trophy. Yes. Okay. But anyway, thank you like to all of the friends who are out there who chimed in on Facebook to congratulate me. I really appreciate the support. So Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. Have a wonderful week, go play some disc golf, and we'll catch you back here next time on the Lays of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Bye.